Before we jump into today's topic, a quick disclaimer. The stories and data we share come from the states that we practice in and the experiences that we personally had, which can differ greatly across our country and certainly the globe. This is not a professional advice show. So let's get comfy and talk about death. And welcome to Mort Mike. A down-to-earth discussion on death and dying. I'm Sierra. And I am Red. And we are your funeral finance finessers this week. A triple F. That's got to be a good grade somewhere, right? <laughs> Maybe not with USDA, but that's, uh, that's fine. So, stuff. What happens to it after you kick it? Have you ever thought about what's going where? Which family members have ended up on the proverbial nice list, a.k.a. your will? Or are you planning on doing this, the ancient rulers of Egypt, and plan on just burying yourself with it? There's more questions than not about planning, and let's take a step back and focus it down to your largest asset. And no, I don't mean your smoking good looks. Your wee mama. (laughs) Your home. Most of us will eventually end up down the home buying path and find ourselves in a little nook to nest up in. Maybe your house is a love nest for you and your partner to own together. What does that look like? And how can you make sure they're set up for success when you kick the bucket? Actually, it's shockingly easy. So not too many of you know this, but my background is actually in finances, in the mortgage world. I've been doing it for about seven years, give or take. So I see a little bit of a transfer of title, homes going to whoever's left in the will and kind of what does that look like? right? Surprisingly, shockingly easy. It kind of depends on if you've left your loved one on title, which is like... I feel like that's hard to believe, though, that it would be easy because I'm I'm even in the death care industry, and this is obviously something that gets brought up a lot, but I'm... It's the one thing that I never wanted to touch. People ask me questions all the time. What do we do with the will? What do we do with the... Don't ask me. I'm scared. (laughs) The best person to ask is a lawyer. (laughs) Period. (laughs) On God. Yeah, when it comes to like wills and stuff like that, and actually divvying things up between you, your siblings, or whoever's involved, obviously, lawyer's going to be the best person to kind of do it. And this is kind of from personal experience, too, just because my my poor mother, no, she's still kicking, don't worry, but she just had to actually take this deed of land that my, my grandpa, so him and his brother owned it. It's down in Indiana. There's no house on the property. Both of them just up and decide to die, which is very unfortunate. And nobody did anything about this. And now my mom had to take it to probate court to mm. kind of divvy it up with my grandfather's brother's children, which luckily everybody's close. So it's super duper easy. We're all like, yeah, man, you can have it. Or yeah, let's split it 50-50. But it still it takes pretty like lucky, weeks. Honestly. Yeah, it takes weeks. It's a huge pain, man. But kind of when it comes to an actual title, you, you have a house on the property. What you can do, let's say hypothetically, right? You, you own the house. You bought it. You got a mortgage on it, maybe, or you own it free and clear. You're still going to have a title that's filed away with the state and everything. Your name's on it. Maybe your partner's name's on it. But if you are maybe knocking on death's door or eh, kind of somewhere close, right? You got one foot in the grave. Adding your kid to the title or whoever you're leaving the house to is not a bad decision. 
And um, I'm, I'm going to say straight up, when we say one foot in the grave, 15 years before you think you might die, maybe, yeah. because people do, you do not live as long as you think you do. I'm going to tell you that right now. No. Do you know how many people I make arrangements for that are between 60 and 80 that have none of this taken care of? It's, it's so many people. It's always a surprise when you wake up dead. <laughs> <laughs> For everybody Probably involved. Probably not. Yeah, for everybody involved. Oh, man. That's literally <laughs> one of my worst fears is rolling over and finding a dead person in my bed. Just a random... <laughs> Assume it's somebody I marry, but you know, hell, I that's pretty scary too. You know, you roll over and uh oh man, that actually would be worse. I take it back. I have a new fear. That's some mafia shit, dude. Yeah, that's like, you know, some godfather horsehead shit, but it's yeah. uh it's a whole body, it's a whole person. God. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, man, do this way before you anticipate on dying. And if you really think you're about to die, definitely do this. So quick claim deeds, what are those? What's the difference between that and a warranty deed? So quick claim deeds are more so for adding people on to title, right? Like you want to add somebody onto it, taking somebody off with a quick claim deed isn't normally the best thing to do just because it doesn't always clear the title itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're if you're adding a loved one on there, it's like 30 bucks and maybe 45 minutes standing in line at the Secretary of State. You got to get it notarized, but it's a super duper easy process. And then let's say hypothetically, you, you do that, you kick the bucket the next day, they basically assume everything, like the the house, the mortgage, everything goes right into their names without you having to, to really go through with everything, um, which saves time. And if you're grieving, maybe you don't really want to spend all of your time in probate court and talking to lawyers and all those fun people. But when it comes to the actual warranty deeds, I super duper don't ever buy a house without getting the full warranty deed. Please, God, promise me that if you take nothing away from this entire 30 minute conversation and me word vomiting at you about this, please get a warranty deed. Uh, It's just so important because to, to give you guys kind of a horror story here, I had a client one time who bought this <laughs> bought this property Uh-oh. off of her neighbor who told her, and I quote, I will sell this to you for a pack of Marlboros and a dollar. And she goes, are you serious? And obviously it's a fixer upper, right? Sure. Of course. And she's like, you're serious. And he was like, yeah, I've got the title and everything. I'll quit claim deed it to you. And she's like, okay. So she gets a house. (laughs) She buys him his little pack of cigarettes, hands him a dollar. He signs the title over to her. What could go wrong, right? This this is this is insane. This is absolutely insane. <laughs> so this is back when I worked at a non-disclosed bank, wink wonk. So I didn't super have a lot of leeway when it came to liens on title and things like that. You no, know, she brings me this this home. She's like, Sarah, I just bought this house. I want to refinance it and take some cash out so I can I can fix it up on the inside and flip it and sell mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, yeah, man, absolutely. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. You're one of my regular clients. I know your credit's decent. Full send. Let's do it. We get her in the process. Everything is going swimmingly. And then uh, we get our title work done, which is, are there any liens that nobody knows about? What's going on? What's kind of the game plan here? And her neighbor owed $60,000 in back taxes. He had never paid his property taxes ever. Just didn't do it. And he was about to lose the property, obviously. 
and uh, instead quit claimed the title into her name and was like, yep, there you go. And because she didn't do a full warranty deed to see that there were these liens on title, she just it, it was just automatically assumed into her possession and she ended up owing the state sixty thousand dollars. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. I and the but worst wait, thing is you said this was a client that you worked with before. Yeah. Why would she not know to do that? <laughs> so when you like refinance or you purchase a property, there's a lot of things that happen in the background that you don't know about. Uh-huh. I like call you. I'm like, hey man, I saw you're buying this property. They give me five hundred dollars and we'll get an appraisal done and we'll get everything taken care of for you. And you're like Wow, Sierra, that sounds great. Let me e-sign all my documents. And then you e-sign all your documents. You hand me $500. I order an appraisal. We get everything done. And normally title work comes back and I go, hey, your title work came back. It looks great. And we move on and we close the loan and I give you your house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when somebody hands you a pack of cigarettes and a $1 bill, <laughs> like n- none of that fun background stuff happens. <laughs> So that was the most expensive pack of cigarettes she ever bought. Yeah, it really was, man. And what the worst thing is, I have no idea what the conclusion to that story is. I I don't I don't know if she sued him. I don't know if she ended up getting the taxes out of her name. I have no idea what happened to this woman. We found all this out. Right. I I tell her all about it. I'm like, hey, man, you're SOL. I don't know what to do for you. And she's like, I'm going to find that guy. I was like, okay. And I never heard from her again. <laughs> like, I have Bro, no she's idea what happened. she's in a ravine happened. somewhere. <laughs> or he is. Or both of them are, man. I don't know. It's a wild. So please. Lesson learned the hard way. If you're going to purchase a property, have the title work done. Make sure there aren't taxes that are owed, because you will assume all of the liens that are associated to the property. Dun, 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 dun. That goes so for when you know. die, too, man. If you die and you owe $60,000 in back taxes, that's your kid's That doesn't just go now. away. Yeah, yeah. that's... So leave it, into, leave it in somebody's name that you don't like. That's really funny. <laughs> I'd also don't let somebody leave something in your name that you know has awful management of their finances. Yeah, man, honestly. I mean, sometimes you can settle, right? You're like, hey, the house is worth 200000 I owe you sixty k here's this much out of the equity and you can you can take some cash out but mm-hmm. man you're not setting anybody up for success like that so now we know quit claim versus warranty deed in this Correct. respect good yes. start yes good Th- just take that away that's all, that's the end of the podcast <laughs> we're done <laughs> that's all i need you to know roll roll credits <laughs> roll credits no man there's there's so much that goes into it though it's easy you leave it in somebody's name and then it just it, it just rolls. It just flows. Life is easier. But hypothetically, maybe you don't plan ahead. Maybe you don't leave it in anybody's name. Maybe you just die of mysterious circumstances. This poor lady who I have no idea what happened to her. So, so what happens then? Right? It Honestly, it varies state by state, which is kind of interesting, too, because you, you would assume that it would be at a federal level. But of course, it is always state. Nothing ever is. Nothing ever is, man. Like weed. Legal in Michigan? <laughs> super illegal in Ohio. Crazy. I, I think it's legal in Colorado and some other places, too. I don't smoke, but I assume it's fun. Anyway. Hmm. That's a, not sus at all, any <laughs> FBI agents that listen to the podcast. Yeah, no. Listen. You know what? 
whatever feds you you don't need to know this <laughs> they already know anyway what happens man what happens if you don't plan ahead basically one of two things it, it goes to probate and probate divvies everything up for you right uh, hopefully if you have a surviving spouse it, it goes to them and it becomes their problem and they got to figure it out and then they can divvy it up if they want to or they can keep it right if if that's not the case and you have descendants it goes to the descendants and it's their problem and they have to divvy it up. Please leave specifications on how you want things divvied up. This is how all of those weird movies where there's a ton of fighting between the siblings and so-and-so is trying to kill somebody so they can have the estate start. Right, exactly. So- you need to be naming somebody executor mm-hmm. or, and I, sw- I swear on God, if one more person comes to my arrangements and says, well, I was the power of attorney, that means nothing after someone dies. Like, yeah. I, I, it drives me crazy that attorneys don't mention that when they, whoever does up the POA paperwork, they don't tell them that. They literally come in as if they have God mode activated. They're about to make <laughs> all the arrangements. Like, sorry, bud, that ended however long ago your mom died. Amen. That's always the worst. I can only imagine. I I can't even tell you the number of people that I've had be like, I have power of attorney, though, so I should be able to just take the cash out of the property. And I'm like, yeah, but guess what? The property wasn't deeded to you. It's not in your name. (laughs) It's not how that works, man. Oh, you don't you don't just get to take money away from sibling A and B because mom decided you got to sign her medical paperwork. Right. Exactly. As much fun as that would be. I guess, honestly, man, if you don't have descendants, you better pick a friend or a buddy. Because if if you don't, it goes to the bank if you owed a mortgage on it and it just gets sold off, right? Or hypothetically, you don't owe anything on it. Somebody's going to come to collect something eventually. And it's not going to be who you want it to be. So mm-hmm. just pick somebody, write it down, put it on a piece of paper, have an attorney notarize it, sign it. Who knows? And honestly, you can find a notary almost anywhere. There are so many people that are part of that weird secret club (laughs) of notaries, (laughs) like banks. A lot of funeral homes have them on staff. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, attorneys' offices are going to have them, too. I mean, you would be surprised that Mavis next door, like your neighbor, probably has a notary for whatever reason. Yeah, honestly, that and like you can honestly go into your local bank. Post offices are most of them are notaries, too. Oh, that's right. Post offices. Yeah, mm-hmm. I kind of forgot that those exist because I straight up don't use them. But there's there's notaries everywhere. I've notarized like bar tabs before. It's <laughs> it's fun. You can do it. They give you the little stamp in the little log book or whatever. Fill it out, stamp it, call it a day. Super duper enjoyable. Let me tell you. Man, what am I missing though? What have I not covered? You know, I I, TLDR, please get title checked, right? Leave it to somebody. If not, it's trickle down economics, basically. It's either going to your spouse, your kid, your kid's kid. If if, hypothetically everybody is dead, right? Let's say you have (laughs) outlived most of your family, okay? It's great grandma Rosie or whatever. Her spouse is dead, kids are dead, grandkids are dead, but she's got great grandkids. I hope she likes them because if she doesn't tell anybody who the house is going to, it's going to the great Garyan kids. It's, uh, I wonder if the right of disposition, I mean, we have what's called a right of disposition mm-hmm. law in funeral service, which is spouse, kids, grandkids, parents, siblings, 
yada, yada, yada on down. There's a huge list of that. And I imagine that's probably true for some like aspect of this, but that's also like something that probate would probably figure out for you. Like, okay, we're going to give it to the cousin because I guess that's all (laughs) that's left. And the only people that want to step forward and take care of shit. Yeah, honestly, it it really is too. It's the exact same way, especially with property and stuff like that. In Michigan locals, one of my favorite kind of laws and rules that I think it's absolutely hilarious is the 120 hour rule. So let's say hypothetically, poor Grandma Rosie, because I'm going to use her again as an example. I don't even have a Grandma Rosie. I don't know where this woman came from, but she's in my head. Titanic. Um, Yeah. Oh, maybe it is, man. Shit. Anyway, so Grandma Rosie survives the Titanic, kicks the bucket later, whatever. Let's say she leaves it to her daughter. I don't know. Becca, Rebecca, (laughs) Rebecca, Rosie. I'm just going with the R names, man. Let's say within 120 hours of Rebecca inheriting it from Rosie, Rebecca meets an untimely end. I don't know. Maybe she's assassinated. Maybe the FBI finally found her. Who knows? (laughs) She, if she had a will also, and she left it to little Rocco, Rocco doesn't get the house if she dies within that 120 hour period. It will go to the next of kin of Rosie instead. Huh. Is that wild? So you gotta, if you inherit something, you gotta stay alive for the next 120 hours. Otherwise, whoever you try and leave it to probably won't get it. I mean, that's, that's really crazy. So, I mean, is that like a protection for mischievous conduct or something? I would assume so. I don't know the origin of it, honestly, but you would think, right? Like it would stop people from, ooh, ooh, I want the family jewels, time to, (laughs) time to kill Aunt Rosie or Marie or whoever the hell (laughs) these people are. I don't, I don't know if it works. I feel like, I feel like if you're rich enough to plan on assassinating a family member, I don't think you're going to not wait the 120 hours to do it. Yeah. Yeah, like, exactly. Also, it's just, it's never seems to be rich people that are doing assassinations. You always hear the stories of, yeah, I paid this guy to assassinate my wife for two grand and, oh God. Uh, well, I guess, uh, or a pack of smokes and a dollar. <laughs> pack of smokes and that's, a dollar, yes. That's the same line of thought, but oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah instead crazy. of $60,000 of uh, tax debt, you just get $60,000 fined and a couple years in prison. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Oh, man. Yeah, so honestly, I just, I feel like as long as people leave it, do you ever have issues? I guess, I don't know if the funeral home really sees a divvying up of stuff, but do you ever have those tensions during the funeral where it's like, who's getting what? Oh, definitely. Okay. Oh, God. All the time. I mean, not necessarily in estate and asset types of things, because yeah. uh, that's that definitely happens after. But just because of court and attorney stuff always takes a while. And funerals mm-hmm. are usually resolved within, I don't know, two weeks or something from someone's death. But we still do see a lot of life insurance stuff. And I see just I do see a lot of grubby little hands. People already start arguing about, oh, if we only do... The, the policies for like 20 grand and if we only do five grand of this and the rest comes back to I see I see that kind of shit all the time absolutely I do and it's really gross what money and stuff will do or like just favoritism oh god yeah. oh I she she was made the executor in uh the power of attorney because she took advantage of mom and wanted to be in charge of all this stuff just so she could have the money at the end of it and she wasn't sound mind I, I hear the craziest stories all the time of people trying to pull shit or point fingers 
numbers. It's ugly what grief brings out in people when it comes to money for whatever Ooh. reason. Yeah. I feel like, ugh, I don't know, maybe this is a personal thing, but I feel like a lot of the time too, people are always looking for distractions from grief itself. And mm. some of the easiest way to distract yourself is to blame other people for things that are vastly out of your control. Oh, well, mom left her everything. And so I, I get to be mad because being mad is easier than feeling sad about the fact that my mom's dead. Because well, a lot of times when there's like a conflict or yeah. that makes you upset, it's usually easy to be like, OK, this, this is the root of this thing and I can blame this thing. But death is a blameless thing. Like everybody yeah. dies. And so when you have that, people don't really know how to feel about it. They, mm -hmm. they want to like have a problem and have a resolution and know like, OK, if I were to do this or this wasn't happening, then this would be a different outcome, but that is not the case when it comes to death. So yeah, there's a lot of misdirected finger pointing and, and anger when it comes to yeah, grief. Absolutely. Just generalized emotions too, because there's so much that happens after somebody dies, right? Especially in this day and age of like, there's so many things that are tied to you personally, you know, like you have your mm -hmm. phone bill, you've got is the are the utilities set up in your name? Is the mortgage in your name? Mm -hmm. Once somebody like passes, trying to manage that kind of a state and figure out exactly what's going where, who's paying what, what needs to be done is just, that's a lot. And it's, and it's a great distraction for certain people. Like certain people, you watch them thrive with it because it gives them something to do that isn't grieving. And then you mm. have on the, the other side of the coin, you have these people that they put it off for months and even years just trying to turn off their cell phone or transfer the mortgage into a different name because even just seeing their loved one's name just like strikes such a, a a strong grief emotion you know mm -hmm. and it's definitely it's so weird i mean like it is i'm a bad bitch so i i've never <laughs> felt sad a day in my life but <laughs> just kidding <laughs> I cry um, myself i'm definitely one of those night. people that's i would have to probably distract myself i would be super busy about planning and doing all that shit and then 40 years later when i'm in therapy my and having a, a horrible like delayed adverse grief reaction the therapist is like so what happened 40 years ago <laughs> did somebody not deal with their grief Ooh, you're like yeah well i i packaged it up and i'm ready to unbox it now Ooh. <laughs> That's great. This luggage has been getting pretty heavy. Yeah. Hi, welcome to my YouTube channel. Today we're going to be unboxing my grief. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Worst channel ever. <laughs> so um, what's another aspect that we could talk about with funerary financials? I know there's a lot. I, I think a lot of people ask me about social security. Yeah, that's a good one, actually. So... This is kind of hard. And I'm what the, take the information that I'm about to give everybody here with a grain of salt, because I am giving this from the perspective of what I have witnessed. And I personally have never received Social Security and I have never had to do the transfers or anything like that. But from my understanding, if you and your spouse are both on Social Security and maybe a pension or something like that, right? Right. You're, you're retired, you're old, congratulations, you did it. You won capitalism, you know? <laughs> then if, if your spouse was to pass away, Social Security gives you a portion of their Social Security. It, it's such a fucking minute amount that it's disgusting. It's really upsetting, actually. It's really not a lot, like, especially if you weren't the breadwinner, it's not enough to live off of. It's nothing, dude. It's... Thinking about it makes me angry, and, and the fact that we're trying to get rid of Social Security makes me double angry. And, and the idea that we expect people to live off of this small amount of money for the rest of their lives when they don't know how long they're going to fucking live is... it. 
It's stupid. It is so dumb. The average social security income that you are getting a month is somewhere between $1,500 to $2,200, like a month. Okay. Which is nothing. That's that nothing, is absolutely man. nothing. That, that is like, the equivalent of, let me pull up my calculator here because it, it, it's so goofy. It makes me so angry. So let's say you're getting on the higher side, right? You're getting $2,200 a, a month, right? So times 12, let's divide that by like 52 because that's how many weeks are in a year. That's like 500 bucks a week. Okay. If you were working hypothetically like 40 hours a day, right? Mm. Let's see here. 40 hours a day? I mean a week. <laughs> 40 hours a day, baby. We're capitalism. Woo. You know, that's that. That would be rough, actually. Divided by. Well, whatever. Anyway, it equates to it's something goofy, like be like $12 an hour. It's not enough is the answer. It's. Yeah. It's terrible. You better hope your house is paid off at that point. Yeah. Otherwise, and like... And that you have a pension and that you have a 401k and an IRA or stocks and bonds or fucking, I don't know, an offshore bank account. There's... It, it's not happening. I'm basically not even going to worry about my, my what, 40, 50, 60 year plan or whatever is just walking into the ocean and not coming back. <laughs> well, there you go. That's... That is a solution. You can do that. That is totally valid. I I won't be doing that. I want to live really like long time. I want to be so old like and painfully decrepit. long. Yeah, man. I want to I want to become a nuisance to society. <laughs> That's my goal. Just sitting on your porch, just being an absolute wreck an absolute to your neighbors. Jackass. Not even not even oh cute grandma with the cookies. I don't know, man. Maybe I'll lace Grandma's the back on her bullshit yeah. again. <laughs> why? Grandma took her shirt off again. <laughs> why? why she doesn't know any so, better. Hanging so low. <laughs> what is she doing? Oh, that's that's oh, kind of my game plan. But yeah, back to Social Security, man. It, it's not enough. Period. On God. If your mom or dad dies and they were getting Social Security, guess what? You don't get it. Doesn't go to you. Only only spouses. So you better start saving up for your own social security. Unless they get rid of it, then you're screwed. I think dependent children might also be lumped into that. Yeah, but normally people are like, if you're if you're hella old, yeah, you normally don't have dependents unless you're like, you've got some kind of family situation where you're taking care of somebody else's kids, or maybe your kid is on disability and you were their caretaker. Um, And then it would just go to the next caretaker, but it would be income for their disability, their social security that they're receiving Mm -hmm. and not your social security through being old. You know what I mean? Right. Something I get asked a lot as a funeral director is, do we need to contact social security? And yes and no. So part of what we do within basically like a week of making arrangements with a family, once we get the social security number from the deceased and all of their vital statistics, we submit what's called a statement of death by funeral director to social security through the electronic death registry system or some other form of stuff. There's a bunch of different things. They get pinged on or you fax it or whatever have you. So when we submit that that basically is uh, the flag to social security stop payments depending on when the deposit is supposed to be made during the month the document might not get processed in time so if that account ends up getting a deposit and after someone dies don't touch the money uh don't close the account social security will 
take it back out on their own that that's the government they're going to get what's theirs so yeah. just wait to shut that account until after and we that's kind of where the funeral homes involvement stops that's when if you needed to pick up from there that's when you would have to make a call i usually recommend like give it a week to two weeks before you call social security to follow up with any death benefits that might be owed we yeah we just submit that notification the do you want to hear what the, the, the lump sum death benefit that you could get if you're like a spouse or a dependent child I'm is? I'm scared. It's, just take a guess. <laughs> I'm so it's, scared. It is, is so it, Wait, pathetic. am I allowed to guess? Yeah, guess. It, guess I guess. feel like it would make sense if it was one month of income. It would make sense. So I'm going to put my guess at one month, like 1200 so this number has not changed in however many decades. It's It's been the same. It actually probably would have been a nice amount of money to get when someone died that you could, I don't know, use for funeral arrangements or any other thing. $255. You're shitting me. Is all you get you as kidding? a death benefit. That's it. No. That's less no. than my car it's payment. A, <laughs> yeah. What? It's, this is literally a joke. That is a joke. And the fact that it has not been modified for inflation throughout the years, even like in a five to 10, every decade, review the number. No, they just have, it's been the same. It is absolutely insane. What like the that fuck is, are you going to do with it? I, nothing. Absolutely. That pays for absolutely nothing. When I found that out, because we, we learned that in school, I, I laughed so hard out loud in the middle of class <laughs> because I could not believe Amazing. that that... Oh, U.S. government. Bro, Just don't, don't ever change, I guess. No, please change. Please change <laughs> now. God, uh, that's so bad. I'm, I'm trying to think of what the equivalent of $255 would get you in in the sense of something that would be a benefit when somebody dies, right? A suit it, for your dead loved one. I don't, that's not Maybe. even going to cover a suit, bro. <laughs> we were looking at suits the other day for this wedding I'm going to, and you want a nice suit, you're either renting one or you're paying at least 300, 400 bucks. That is a, it would cover a shitty carnation spray for the foot of the casket. There you like, go. Like, that's a flower arrangement. That's it. That's go. all that would cover. Um, maybe a printing package. That's, that's, that's literally it. There's nothing that costs that's, that little. I can't, I can't even think of one. Maybe oh, your phone bill for a month? Maybe two months of phone Gro bill, depending on the groceries for a month. Yeah, I, that it's there's nothing. Oh wow! I guess you could treat you and your siblings to one final hurrah with the death check. <laughs> like, <laughs> ugh, go out for a round of beers, man. Right. Yikes. But yeah, I. I Usually just suggest give Social Security a call. You can even go in person, depending, but you can't do any of this online. So yes. week to two weeks to get your two hundred and fifty-five dollars. Woo wee. You know what? I actually never thought about. I never thought about the fact that you can just call into Social Security. Oh, it's the worst. No, it's that's the thing. It's almost not worth it to even sit on the phone and yeah. talk to them. You will sit on the phone for hours trying to get a hold of Social Security, like straight up. Yikes. No, no holds barred. Take it. Take the day off of work because you're not going to get through to them. Yeah. Like it's it's miserable. Well, every time I try and get a Social Security award letter and stuff for work, we always do it through a mailing system. Dead ass snail mail. Um, what? Yeah, because it is so difficult or you have to fax it snail mail or fax but we don't call because just getting through is so hard that it's a waste of time our processors don't do it we're like we have more success faxing to get award letters than we do calling and just asking for them yeah that's why we usually have to send that statement through fax and i Blows that is mind. the most 
outdated form of technology that also rarely works. I, yeah. I often have return faxes that are like, couldn't connect. What do you, what do you mean? Receiver didn't push <laughs> the button fast enough. It's like, oh, seriously. Oh, the hell? Ah, that's so annoying. So that really wouldn't pay for anything, especially if you have debts, because that is definitely something we all have. Mm, yeah. Listen, you win the capitalist game by dying, but you don't win the capitalist game by not having debt. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but it sounds like a good line. So I'm throwing it in there. It does. It does. Put it on a T-shirt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> you know what? That $250 will pay for the, the T-shirts for you and your family. <laughs> we won capitalism. Damn, that is that is wild. Yeah, man. I mean, we, we've all got debts, right? Property-wise, obviously. You've got your mortgage if you have one. Luckily, maybe you've paid it off. Otherwise, you're you're looking at whatever credit card debts you have. Those Netflix reoccurring bills that are definitely <laughs> going to keep coming in. $12 a pop now, which I think is ridiculous. Somebody said it was $22. I saw that. Well, like, is there some premium that I don't know about? Yeah, so Netflix, apparently, if you want HD 1040 fucking, I don't oh, know. come on. Your HP, eyes can't even see XYZ, like that good. Yeah, it's 22 bucks a, a month. Blows Unless me. Mr. Netflix is coming to my house personally, I do not want to <laughs> pay. <Netflix. laughs> Bro, he better he better be reenacting every single Netflix show for me if I'm paying. Give me a play by play dollars, bro. I'm serious. Or he better buy me a new TV. My my poor TV can't even handle 1040. It wishes. But yeah, what's I think so your retinas just burn out at that point. Exactly. They just catch fire. It's the end. That's it was the start of Crispy Crisp. That's oh, what no. happened to him. <laughs> he paid twenty two dollars for Netflix. I said retinas burned out and the rest of his body caught a flame. If you haven't listened to our Crispy Chris episode, you definitely should. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Yeah, man. So so what kind of happens if you let's say I'm trying to think of a good a good hypothetical here that we can kind of all relate to mortgage wise. Right. What, what the hell happens? Grandma owes $60,000 on a $300,000 house. Are people coming to collect? Are they going to hold you at gunpoint? What's what's the game plan? More than likely, you're either going to have to assume the mortgage that she has and start making those payments, or you can get your own mortgage, pay off the 60000 she owes, and then just keep paying a lender. But they, they are coming to collect, man. They don't they don't just forgive about that. Mm -hmm. uh, and to all of our older listeners that may be considering dying eventually here, <laughs> I take the money out of the house. Just do it because mm. you're, you're only going to be alive for so long go go take your equity enjoy yourself go to the bahamas go to tijuana just, just spend it on i don't know cocaine and hookers why not <laughs> weekend at bernie's exactly. tijuana <laughs> exactly you you aren't gonna be around forever and eventually it's somebody else's problem and it won't be yours you're dead do it full send that's the best. That makes me just want to not prepare my life even more because I can just make it someone else's problem. Exactly. <laughs> but you got to do it strategically, right? If you're going to make it somebody else's problem, pick some unlucky bastard and just put it all in his name. Mm. Little, little Riley that bullied you in eighth grade. Leave your debts to him. That's hilarious. <laughs> pack of cigarettes, $1, Riley. That's all it takes. Yep. Get this pack house. Pack of cigarettes, $1, Riley. That's it. But yeah, nice thing though, if you still have student loans, you kick the bucket. Those tend to get dismissed because they are federally funded. So you don't have to worry too much about those. Hopefully you're not 75 years old and still $200,000 in debt with 
the feds. That would be a little concerning, but honestly, I could see it happening. You go to especially at this day and age. Oh God, I know. I have student loans. Hopefully, they all get forgiven, right? <laughs> Please, Papa Biden. Please. Oh my God. Oh, you know what? I could go on a tangent right now and tell you about what the Biden administration is doing to mortgages, but I'm not going to. But I could. Just know. It sounds. It sounds like it would hurt. <sighs> You know what? I'm going to do it. I'll, I'll make it five seconds. I fucking promise. But I have to. All right. So there's multiple different types of mortgages, right? You've got conventional. You've got FHA. you got VA. VA is specifically for veterans. FHA is for people who struggle to qualify. Not even struggle to qualify, but let's say you have a higher debt to income ratio. You've got, I don't know, maybe a lower credit score, something along those lines. And then conventional loans are for your run of the mill, regular ass mortgages. Cool. Whatever. Who cares? The Biden administration right now has decided that too many people are using FHA loans, which stands for Federal Housing Administration, which is which is fine. It's OK. But they have decided that this is too high of a number and that this was originally for people who struggled to qualify. And instead of taking a step back and thinking, wow, why are so many people using these loans? Maybe it's because a lot of people are struggling to qualify. They decided that the people that are using these, maybe they're not the people that should be using them. So now if you have above a 680 credit score, you get charged extra fees if you use an FHA loan. <laughs> so if you have better credit and you try to use one of the Federal Housing Administration loans, like the FHA ones that are federally backed, you will incur additional fees on top of the regular FHA fees. That's so cute. Yeah. To try. How, how lovely. They're, I I. I get it. I understand the sentiment. They're trying to stop people from, quote unquote, manipulating the system and having good credit and using these loans, right? Because they're for people who struggle to qualify. What these lovely folks in Congress did not take into consideration is that credit is not always the issue, right? Because if you're self-employed and you report a certain amount of income and you report a certain amount of loss you might show less than you're actually making because, you know, mm -hmm. you have to take into account your business. So your debt to income ratio isn't going to really show the lifestyle that you actually live. It's showing that you can't afford a $400 a month payment, but really you can. We all know you can. It's fine. And so, but you have really good credit because you pay all your bills on time because you're, you're doing the thing. You're winning capitalism. Good job. So it, really fucks over business owners, self-employed people. And it really fucks over everybody who has good credit, but maybe they don't make as much an in income. And it is very frustrating. And I'm trying Jesus to be cool Christ, about dude. it because I voted for him. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, man, let's see some stuff. And, and I'm frustrated because I think that's goofy because instead of making more loans accessible for more people, you're just punishing people for trying to use loans that they have access to, which is stupid. Yeah. Good fucking God. That's my tangent. <laughs> ah, it's really frustrating. Another reason to love the government today. Capitalism. Yay. I'll say it again. The goal is to win capitalism. You won't, but we love it. So uh, this is just a lot of information. And yeah. to be honest, we we really only scratched the surface today. I think some of the most important takeaways are going to be getting things straight before 
before someone passes away and having to deal with all that extra hullabaloo while in grief mode it's just it's just gonna make everything harder so be proactive but not reactive please please do it please always get a warranty deed please think about what your what your game plan is once you're dead and if your game plan is to just completely ruin somebody's life set it up so it does (laughs) pack of cigarettes and a dollar I love it. But that's going to be it this week on Mort Mike. Connect with us on our socials at Facebook and YouTube at Mort Mike Podcast. And if you have any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear about or burning questions you might have about death, shoot us an email at mortmikepodcast at gmail.com. A huge thanks to Joey, our dedicated studio gopher, Marson Music for our theme, Deputies of Death, and Macklin Legan for our custom icons and banners. Be sure to tune in the first Thursday of every month for more casual discussions on death. Thank you so much for listening. And this has been Mort Mike.